This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 6.33 on this Saturday morning. Well, if you've been paying attention to what's happening in federal politics, you've likely seen the finance minister on television. He's been uh, answering questions, at least he's been asked a lot of questions, about his company, Morneau Chappelle. We're talking about Bill Morneau, uh, the finance minister. Questions about why he didn't put his shares into a blind, his assets into a blind trust, why it took so long to bring this uh, top to the forefront and what's happening now as far as making things ethical or uh, making things seem above board. Well, joining me to talk a bit more about this is Duff Conacher. He's the co-founder of Democracy Watch. Duff, thanks so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Uh, You've actually written a letter to the Ethics Commissioner about this. What are your concerns about what is happening with Bill Morneau? Well, it's like multiple intertwining knots of conflicts of interest. And uh, we have to untie them. And there's really only one way to do it, which is that uh, he sold his shares in his family company. That's good. But um, there's what he did during the last two years when he owned those shares. And the question as to um, whether he took part in decisions that uh, would help that company and, and help the company profit, including his share is going up, so him making money. He's, sold, he's saying, I'm going to take any profits that I might have earned in the last two years and donate them to charity. But that's like a bank robber saying, yeah, you caught me with the money. I'm going to give the money back, so let me off the hook. He shouldn't be let off the hook for what he did if it violated the conflict of interest law at the federal level. And uh, our big concern is that the ethics commissioner in facing these complaints that uh, Democracy Watch has filed and that uh, MP Nathan Cullen has filed, is essentially being asked to reverse her previous decisions because she's the one that advised Morneau to do what he did. And now she'd have to say that was wrong, really. And she's biased in making that judgment because she's judging herself. So we're calling on her to step aside and uh, delegate the decision-making on Morneau and really about the whole Trudeau cabinet, uh, to another person, because she's not independent. She is, she's biased and in a conflict of interest herself as ethics commissioner. And who would the other person be, or who could be in that role to look at that? Well, I'll give you one case example um, from a, a couple of years ago. The uh, Alberta ethics commissioner knew someone who was involved in a situation that was complained about, and so... She recognized, well, that's going to bias my decision-making. And so she assigned it to the B.C. Uh, Ethics Commissioner, who obviously is independent of the Alberta government and independent also of the Alberta Ethics Commissioner. And uh, he was the one who, who actually ruled on that situation. So she could do that. She, she has the power to delegate to anyone, but it should be someone not in her office because she would be the boss of that person. And so the conflict would not be resolved. Uh, she should delegate it to a provincial ethics commissioner. She has responded, from what I understand, to Nathan Cullen, who is the ethics critic, uh, in res- in response to his concerns about a possible conflict of interest when we're talking about Bill C-27, saying that she is looking into it. Uh, what do you, What is your response to hearing that she is looking into that? Yes, Finance Minister Morneau 
introduced a bill that uh, changes the rules for the pension industry, and his family company, Morneau Chappelle, is one of the big uh, pension plan management uh, companies. So he introduced a bill that directly affects his own company. Um, and the ethics commissioner has said she's considering investigating it. She shouldn't be considering that. She uh, is the one who set up what she calls a screen. It's really a smoke screen for Morneau, where supposedly his uh, right-hand man, his chief of staff, uh, was going to keep him away from discussing things that uh, where he had a conflict of, of interest or taking part in decisions. And now she's been asked to essentially judge that that screen didn't work at all because there is uh, Mr. Morneau. Minister Morneau has not said he, I mean, he introduced Bill C-27, so he must have taken part in some discussions about the bill. Otherwise, how do you introduce a bill in Parliament without knowing about it and discussing it? So she's, again, being asked to judge herself, um, and that's why we're going to take her to court. She has a what's called a reasonable apprehension of bias. And when you're a judge, which she is, she's the judge of whether someone's violated the Conflict of Interest Act, uh, you can't have a reasonable apprehension of bias. And that means, it, does a reasonable person look at the situation and say, there's appearance here that you are biased and you will not make a fair and, and just decision based on the evidence and the fact and the law. And I think it's pretty clear that, that she has that. Um, but another big problem and reason that she's biased is the Trudeau cabinet handed her a six-month renewable contract worth $100,000, more or less, in, in June. And she doesn't have a job as ethics commissioner beyond the end of December unless the Trudeau cabinet renews her contract. So she's not independent. Right now she's essentially serving at the pleasure of the Trudeau cabinet. And that's another reason that it makes her biased. So Democracy Watch already has the ethics commissioner in court uh, in two ways. We're challenging this uh, appointment of her in June. And we're also challenging the use of these smoke screens that, that cover up conflicts of interest that ministers have. And uh, we're, looking, we're preparing a case to take her to court over her bias. And over another matter, uh, that uh, uh, we believe that she wouldn't rule fairly on uh, with regard to Minister Morneau. Uh, so how would the office work, or how could it work in a way that's not biased? Because the, the officer is going to be paid by the government who's in power. Uh, how could you make it so the office, there's not that perception of bias? Well, the, the pay is an issue. Let's start, with though, with the appointment. The Liberals have claimed that they have set up a merit-based independent appointment process. It's a false claim. It's just a blatant lie. Um, they haven't changed anything from what the Conservatives used in all past governments. Cabinet and Cabinet Ministers and the Prime Minister's Office are involved in choosing all of these key good government watchdogs, the Information Watchdog, the Lobbying Watchdog, the Ethics Watchdog, uh, the, the head of the RCMP, the Chief Electoral Officer. Uh, these people are all being chosen with the involvement of the Trudeau cabinet, the prime minister's office, and uh, they're choosing their own watchdogs. That's, that's a, a bias. You're in a conflict of interest when you're choosing someone to watch you, of course, because you're going to want to choose a lapdog who will let you off the hook. So the appointment process should be changed to the same process that they are, the Trudeau liberals are using for appointing Supreme Court justices. And these are judges. They're the top judges in the country. And if it's good for them, it's good for everyone who judges whether uh, the government has violated the law. And that process is that there's an advisory committee. Four of the members of the advisory committee are appointed by non-government 
institutions like the Canadian Judicial Council and the law the law associate lawyer associations across the country and three are appointed by the government so those three shouldn't even be in, in the room but at least a majority come from outside the government and they come up with a short list after a merit-based public search and they send the short list to the cabinet and the cabinet has to choose from that short list of two or three people then the cabinet can't choose whoever they want in these watchdog positions so that's the first step and that's a big step if we do that We'll get independent-minded and independent people in there. In terms of the pay, yeah, governments can cut the pay and the, and the office budget of a watchdog, and that's one key way that they have undermined watchdogs uh, across the country. The B.C. government has done this itself with the information watchdog in, in B.C. Um, and really, so what should be happening is the Auditor General should work with these watchdog offices, and they should set out a budget based on proving that they need the amount of money. And if the Auditor General certifies that budget, then Parliament should essentially have to give that amount to the watchdog and, and uh, so that the government can't just cut the, uh, the budget as a way of undermining the watchdog. All right. Well, Duff, we'll have to leave it there. We're out of time, but uh, my guess is we will talk to you about this again. We'll, we'll definitely be following along and see uh, what happens next uh, in this story. Uh, thanks. Watch has much more news <laughs> coming up next week, and uh, we'll keep you informed. Okay, sounds good. Duff, thanks again so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.